0: Welcome to the Succeeding with Diabetes podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Wes Ward. Are you struggling with high blood sugar? Are you overwhelmed with all the information out there about diabetes? Are you tired of being told what you can't eat and still not knowing what you should eat? Well, you are in the right place. I created the Succeeding with Diabetes podcast to help you take control of your diabetes through meal planning and exercise. I want to give you the resources you need to successfully manage your diabetes and to live life at its very best. Well good afternoon. Today we are going to finish our discussion on diabetes medications. Specifically, with a conversation about insulin. Many people with type 2 diabetes eventually do need and benefit from taking insulin. The need for insulin can depend on several factors. How long you have had diabetes, how high your average blood sugar level is, what other medications you take, and your overall Health. So people often ask, when it comes to diabetes and having to take insulin, is why do I have to take insulin? Well, what happens with diabetes is the natural progression of diabetes is that the pancreas, over time, slowly quits producing enough insulin to maintain the body's function, as well as to maintain blood sugar levels in normal control. So we're going to kind of step through what this looks like. So we've talked a lot on the podcast about diabetes starts when we have insulin resistance. It's one of the first things that occurs in diabetes and often occurs before you're ever diagnosed so because of obesity or other factors when it comes to type 2 diabetes and that's what we're talking about here the body cells become resistant to insulin and we've talked a lot about how that insulin is a key that opens the door to the cell so that the sugar can go from the blood through the door, into the cell, to be used for energy. And insulin resistance is basically where the locks to the doors of the cell get rusty. And they just don't open very well. And so that more of the sugar hangs out in the blood instead of getting into the cell to be used for energy. So in response to this, the liver starts overproducing sugar because it recognizes that the cell does not have enough sugar for energy and it thinks there's not enough sugar. So it starts overproducing sugar and the pancreas, in an effect, to lower the blood sugars, which continue to get higher and higher, starts overproducing insulin because the pancreas doesn't know you have diabetes. It doesn't know the locks to the cells are rusty and the doors can't be opened. All it knows is there's more sugar in the blood than it's supposed to be. So the body tries to compensate for this high blood sugar by causing the pancreas to make more and more and more insulin to try to get the sugar from the blood into the cell. And the cells in the pancreas that are responsible for making that insulin are called the beta cells. So the beta cells work harder and harder and harder and harder to make more insulin. I often describe it as uh, a bunch of factory workers. And they never get a break, they never get time off, they never get a lunch break, and they're made to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Well, what happens? You start dropping factory workers left and right. Why? They start dying. They're overworked, they're not getting rest, they're not getting appropriate nutrients, they're dying. And that's what happens to the beta cells, is over time, these overworked beta cells start dying off. And typically, by the time that you are diagnosed with diabetes, 60 to 70% of these beta cells are already gone. And the pancreas can't make new ones. And so at the time of diagnosis, often you are left with only 30, 35, 40% of the beta cells producing insulin that you started with at birth, right? Right. So, those cells die off and the pancreas quits producing enough insulin. Well, as that goes on, eventually those other 30-40% of cells that you were left with at the time of diagnosis, so say you're diagnosed at 40, well those 30-40% cells have to function the rest of your life to produce insulin? Well, what happens is over time, they wear out too. And we call it pancreatic poop-out. The pancreas just poops out. Those cells get tired. They just can't keep working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and they die. So eventually, in the progression of diabetes, most everybody with type 2 diabetes will typically end up at some point in their life needing insulin, So what kind of determines how quickly I need insulin? Well, really, how well your sugars are controlled. And so that's one of the things I tell my patients. One of the reasons it's so important to make sure we get control of your blood sugar early and keep good control of your blood sugar throughout the progression of diabetes is one, we slow that progression down. We prevent complications like blindness, neuropathy, foot amputations, chronic infections. But we also preserve and save those beta cells so that those beta cells that you have left when you're diagnosed keep working for longer and they're more effective. And so that's why it's so important to make sure that you good Keep control of your diabetes and your blood sugar levels is to save those beta cells so that they work as long as possible. So, another thing about insulin, because it's really kind of a dirty word sometimes to people with diabetes. Uh, in primary care, I hear so many people say, oh, Well, my Aunt Susie got put on insulin, and she died within six months. She got her foot cut off after being on insulin for two months, and then she died, and that insulin killed her. Well, it seems like that, but not really. Chances are Aunt Susie got put on insulin far too late in the progression of the disease. She probably should have been put on insulin sooner in order to get her blood sugars under control. But so often, if you wait too late, it's you see those complications. You see people who've already built up 20, 30 years of diabetes complications. You start insulin near the end of their life when they're 60, 70, 80 years old. And they've already experienced... Far too many years of really high blood sugars and the damage that that high blood sugar does to the body. And so it seems like, well, Aunt Susie died after we put her on insulin. No, Aunt Susie died of complications related to diabetes. In reality, unless she took way too much diabetes medicine and too much insulin and had a hypoglycemic episode that was not treated and that's what killed her, chances are the insulin didn't kill her. Right, It was just too late to really make a huge difference in her diabetes by the time she started it. The other thing about insulin is that the insulin you inject in the form of a pen or from a vial that you get at the pharmacy works just like your body's insulin. And so, so often people say, oh, well, if I had to start insulin, then I've been a bad diabetic. Well, maybe you've not done a really good job of controlling your diabetes, and you are partly to blame for why your diabetes is so uncontrolled. Uh, I tell patients all the time that diet and meal planning and exercising is so important to diabetes. It's 50% of the battle. And if you don't do your 50%, the 50% that as a provider I can do in terms of providing medication and treatment will never be enough to control your diabetes effectively long term if you eat whatever you want and you don't exercise. And so that is why that is so important to me. It's why I started succeeding with diabetes is to help people Get control of their diabetes through meal planning and exercise so that you are equipped with all the knowledge and information necessary to do your part to control your diabetes. You do your part, your provider does their part, and you should have well-controlled diabetes. And a part of that is knowing the right things to do. There are a lot of people out there who say, well, I'm eating right and I'm eating keto and I'm doing this or I'm eating this diet or I'm following this or... And some of those might be helpful. Some of those are not always a good fit for everybody. And so it's so important that your diabetes meal plan, that your exercise program be tailored to you. So when it comes to insulin, like I said, the insulin that we give you works just like the insulin in your body does. And we're simply replacing the body with something that it doesn't have enough of. So in diabetes, like I said over time, the pancreas quits producing enough insulin. So we have to provide that insulin to you in the form of an an injection. You know, I think of it in the same terms of like a mom who nurses her kids, but maybe she has twins and so she's nursing both kids at the same time. So she's not producing enough breast milk for both of them. So she has to supplement with a few ounces of formula every day. Well, that doesn't mean she's a bad mom and she's not doing a good job of breastfeeding. She just doesn't have enough milk, so we have to add some from the outside. And that's the same thing with diabetes, is if you get to a point where you need insulin, it's simply because your pancreas is not making enough, and we simply need to provide it to the body in a different way, in the form of an injection. So the insulin we give you works just like the insulin in the body. It helps lower the blood sugar by moving the sugar from the blood into the cells to be used as energy. Now insulin cannot be taken as a pill because the stomach acid basically breaks down the insulin and renders it ineffective. So insulin is usually an injection. There are several types of insulin and each type affects your blood sugar in different ways. And so insulin has three characteristics as they are, uh, and they're called onset, peak, and duration. The onset is the length of time before the insulin starts working. So some rapid insulins have an onset of 15 minutes or so the peak is the time period when the insulin is at its greatest effect so it's when the insulin is most effective is its peak time and then the duration is how long that insulin works in total from the time of onset so each type of insulin helps manage your blood sugar and no one type is right for everybody and that's why there's different types and people have different needs in terms of their diabetes and in terms of what type of insulin they need to take so let's talk just a minute about the types of insulin and we're going to talk about them in terms of their onset their peak and their duration so the first one is rapid acting insulin And that insulin has an onset of 15 minutes. It peaks in an hour, and it typically lasts between two and four hours. Often, this type of insulin is used in the hospital to correct really high blood sugars. Regular insulin is the next type of insulin, or short-acting insulin, as it is often called. And it Starts working, it has an onset of 30 minutes. It peaks in two to three hours and has a duration of three to six hours. So this type of insulin is often called mealtime insulin. And we use this insulin to mimic what the pancreas typically does when you eat food. So typically when you eat food, as that food's digested, the pancreas kicks out insulin to take the sugar from the food out of the blood and put it into the cells to be used for energy. And so this insulin kind of mimics what the pancreas is doing around mealtimes, which is why we call it mealtime insulin. The next type of insulin is called intermediate acting insulin. This type of insulin has an onset of two to four hours. It has a peak of 4 to 12 hours, and has a duration of 12 to 18 hours. So intermediate acting insulin is often referred to as twice-a-day insulin. Uh, Companies like Humalog, Novolog, Novolin all make an intermediate acting insulin that's typically taken twice a day. And it's a little bit, it's in the middle in terms of how quickly it acts and how long it lasts. The last type of insulin we're going to talk about is long-acting insulin. And so these are insulins like Lantus um, and those types of medications. Long-acting insulin has a very slow onset. We don't even associate a time with it. And it's, it doesn't really peak. It stays pretty steady over time and it has a duration of 24 hours and so long-acting insulin mimics what the pancreas is doing normally all the time so normally the pancreas is kicking out a little bit of insulin all the time to keep the body going and to keep the blood sugars in the appropriate range and then when you eat the pancreas kicks out a little more insulin to take that sugar from the food you've eaten from the blood into the cells to be used by the cells for energy and so that's kind of how the pancreas normally works well when somebody is on long-acting insulin we're mimicking that little bit of insulin that the pancreas is kicking out all the time. And then if we put them on regular or short acting insulin around a meal or mealtime insulin, then we're mimicking what the body is doing typically in a normal person around mealtimes. And so that is sometimes why people are on like insulin with meals and they're taking an insulin at bedtime. Those are two different types of insulin that are doing two different things. So depending on where you are in your journey with diabetes dictates what type of insulin you need to be on and how often you need to take it and when you need to take it. Some insulin dosing plans require that you check your sugar before every insulin shot. Others do not. So it all depends. So hopefully this is giving you a little more information about how insulin works in the body that the pancreas is making but also how insulin works in the form of a shot or a pen that you may be taking and why you may be taking a mealtime insulin as well as an insulin at bedtime. You know, insulin is one of the most under, most misunderstood aspects of diabetes a lot of people are taking it they don't understand why and why they're taking it certain times so hopefully this is help so if you have friends who have diabetes who are on insulin and they're asking questions encourage them to listen to this podcast episode because it may help them just like hopefully it helped you gain a little more information about why i'm taking the insulin i'm taking and how it works You know, one of the things I found in primary care is that there is simply not enough time when you come in for a doctor's visit for us to manage all your refills and manage your conditions and check on your high blood pressure and check on your diabetes, plus answer all your questions about diabetes, meal planning and exercise... And all those things. And so that is one of the reasons I created this podcast, is to provide information for people who have diabetes to help you understand more about your diabetes, understand more about the medications you're taking and how diabetes works so that you can take a very active role in managing your diabetes. Your provider can only do so much in managing your diabetes 50%, if not more of the battle, as it were, in managing your diabetes is up to you, and you have the you can have the power and the ability and all the resources to be able to do that. I also want to encourage you if you've listened to our podcast and say, "Hey, I, I would like to see that that table of long-acting, short-acting, intermediate-acting insulins, how all that works." There will be a. A blog post on the succeeding with diabetes website and I'll be sure and have that table printed there or posted there so that you can kind of see it especially if you're a visual person to kind of help you understand a little bit more about the insulin that you might be taking again thank you so much for joining me today for our podcast and like always if you're struggling with diabetes if you're struggling with high blood sugars if you're struggling with what should I eat, what foods can I eat, what foods can't I eat, feel free to reach out to me through our website at succeedingwithdiabetes.com or email me at succeedingwithdiabetes@gmail.com. at gmail.com. I would love to help you take control of your diabetes and enjoy a life you love. So often people with diabetes think those two things have to be separate, that they're mutually exclusive, that diabetes is about a deprivation. It's not. I want you to successfully manage your diabetes and live life at its very best. So if I can do anything to help you do that, please feel free to reach out to me. And if you are, out there saying, you know what, I don't even know where to start with this diabetes thing. I don't know what to eat. What can I eat? What am I supposed to eat? I want to encourage you to get a copy of my free diabetes meal planning guide, and it will help you kickstart your diabetes meal plan and give you some valuable information about meal planning as it pertains to managing diabetes. That free diabetes meal planning guide can be found again at our website on the front page, the homepage at www.succeedingwithdiabetes.com, or there is a link in today's podcast information description where you can download that free diabetes meal planning guide. So again, thank you so much for joining me this week for our podcast. And please join me again next week when we will be talking about your blood sugar. How often to check it and what it should be. So I look forward to you joining me then.